To BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent tracks and talk about our experiences with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the Eddie Very Gordo for the BG Mania podcast. It's Frank. Oh, I get it. Fat joke. Nice. Audio <laughs> podcast, Brian. <laughs> a little tease for what the episode is about. But don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Since BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the podcast. Thanks in advance if you choose to do so. Now, I briefly mentioned this at the end of last week's episode, and I did say that I would put it at the beginning of this week's episode. So I want to mention it here. I am truly humbled and thankful for the incredible amount of support we have been getting, not only for the BG Mania podcast, not only for the Max Level video game podcast every Monday, not only for our website, leveldowngames.com, our actual media outlet, but for Level Down Games as a whole, man. We've, we've been growing exponentially since the beginning of the year. Our YouTube channel is taking off. We're, you know, hundreds of thousands of views per video. You know, we're just about to cross 3000 subscribers on the channel, which is awesome. I'm, I was hoping to do it by the end of February. It looks like we're actually going to do it at least beginning of March. So that's not far off from what I wanted to do it at. So that's really cool. And our podcast episodes are being downloaded thousands upon thousands of times, man. It's impressive. And I'm super humbled and happy about that. We have a non vocal majority out there. And that's okay. You know, we appreciate you whether you interact with us or not. As long as you're enjoying the content and sticking around on a week to week basis, that's all that matters. And whatever the case may be, we're just happy you're here and happy you're listening. Uh, It's definitely helped since we switched to the Podbean hosting app. I don't know if you've checked recently, but as early as late last week, we were listed as number three and number six under the most popular podcast on Podbean. Hello. 
That's that's so freaking cool. And anytime we crack like the top 15, because I think it's it's the way that they rank their most popular podcast on Podbean is that however many downloads you get from like, you know, accumulative over the most of the past couple days is where you fall at in the ranking system. So anytime we release a new episode, we usually break like top five, top not not top five, but like top 10, top 15. This is the first time we've ever reached top three. Like BG Mania literally is number three on the website right now, which is crazy. Max level is number six. But anytime we get a crap ton of downloads, we get boosted up. And then because we get boosted up into the top, we tend to get even more downloads from that. So it's kind of like a, a domino effect system in play. So, again, just wanted to thank everyone that's been sticking with us for as long as you have been. I know we have a lot of longtime listeners. I mean, we're recording episode 87 right now for the podcast, and we have listeners that have been around since almost the very beginning, if not the very beginning, including people like Sean and, and you know, some of our personal friends. So it's been a tumultuous journey. It's been fun, and I'm, I'm super excited to keep moving forward with this and just see where this takes us, man, because now that we're blowing up, so to speak, and, and really just the sky's the limit, and I'm ready for it. We'll approach it uh, the best way we know how, listening to some awesome tunes. Hell yeah. And it's going to be fun. And I think this week's episode is a, a true statement to an excellent episode and some awesome tunes because we are taking our composer deep dive for this quarter. We do one composer deep dive every quarter, uh, quarters one, two, three, and four. So for January, February, March, we are focusing on Mr. Kaichi Okabe who is most famous for doing the soundtracks for the Nier franchise. I, obviously, that, that is what he is synonymous with right now. Everyone knows him because of his work on Nier and Nier Automata, but he got his start with the Tekken franchise and has also worked on a couple other random games. Yes. Now, before we talk about our first track, I think it's worth mentioning that Kaichi Okabe was born May 26th, 1969, and is currently 49 years old. So he still has a ton of stuff to give to the industry right now. And it's super exciting to, 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 you know, to know that he's out there and still actively working on music. And as we get further and further into this episode, pay attention to the tracks and pay attention to the way that they are done and the way that they sound, because he has a very distinct method and he has a very distinct sound to him that I've dubbed since listening to these tracks, the Okabe style. All right. I like uh, that. <laughs> the uh, opening track was your first pick, though. What was that? That was, as alluded to by your meme comment earlier, <laughs> that is Eddie. <laughs> uh, that is Eddie Gordo's theme from Tekken Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tekken Three released April 29th, nineteen ninety-eight, here in North America. How I set this episode up, I tried to do it in the order of the games coming out, and for the most part, it does work out that way. But I also wanted to do it so that way we were kind of going on a journey through Kaichi Okabe's catalog. So the first track that we heard there, Eddie Gordo from Tekken Three. That's the most that's the latest track that we have that he's worked on, like the one that is take place the earliest. And then we're going to go up through his newest track that he's worked on. So while it does work out to where it's mostly in release order, I also kind of wanted to explore that Okabe style and kind of hear how it's progressed and morphed and changed throughout the years. So that's why I kind of put it in that order as well. Uh, dude, that is a funky beat, though. That is that is funky. And very fitting. Uh, people who are familiar with the Tekken franchise know Eddie Gordo is a capoeira fighter, which is Brazilian fight dancing. So you definitely get so you definitely get that nice Brazilian kind of mixing it up kind of feel to it. Uh, a bit of a a bit of a club style as well, because you had like the you know the turntable scratching and stuff in there. You know the uh, 
the old wickety 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 whack type stuff. Is that still a thing? The Mac Dad, the Mac Dad will make you a jump jump. Yes. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Do do people still do people still listen to the crisscrosses and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Wow, you do sound like my father there. The, the, the crisscrossing, these kids playing their hips and their hops, <laughs> displacing their hips and doing their hops. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, Tekken 3 was awesome, man. Like Tekken 3 is a good uh, game. In fact, so good that they actually put it on Tekken 5. Like, when you had Tekken 5, it was like the bonus game in the arcade. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. Yep. And we have a lot of Tekken picks, this, obviously, this week. You, you definitely went some Tekken I'm, heavy. I, I'm, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a fighting style guy, a fighting game guy, so a uh, lot, lot of Tekken to pick from. Uh, and, and might as well keep the train rolling on it then uh, from Tekken Tag Tournament 1. This is going to be the Ogre stage. was the ogre stage from Tekken Tag Tournament. Nice, funky, disco, relaxing beat. Yeah, it definitely has a, a very disco feel to it. Uh, that game released on October 26, 2000 here in North America. And Tekken Tag Tournament on the PlayStation 2 is a game that I spent a lot of time with. And I think we've even mentioned it before on the podcast. I think we've played something from Tekken Tag Tournament. No, we played something from two, haven't we? Not one. I can't remember. I, 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 it might have been, I might think have been it, two. I think it was two because you played Sadistic Christmas. It was during that episode. I remember now. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, this. I think this is the first time we're hearing Tekken Tag Tournament one. But that particular track, it, it's very soothing to me. And it's very nostalgic. Like it, it, it triggers that nostalgia sensation in my brain, so to speak. It does. My team was always Yoshimitsu and Eddie Gordo. Okay, I for, I honestly do not remember who I used to use because it has been so long, and and I'm not a huge Tekken fan anyway. Like it's just no, no, no. Te Tekken's not a fighting game franchise that I really get behind. Uh, I do think they have great soundtracks, obviously, and and it just because I'm a huge fan of Keiichi Okabe, but you know he's not the only one that works on the Tekken games. It's just 
the particular tracks were playing today, we made sure that he was responsible for. So the Kaichi Okabe as a composer really only has a couple games where he's done the entire soundtrack by himself. For the most part, he tends to work with other people and he works with his own group of people. Uh, I believe they're called Monica or Monaco. Uh, uh, Monaco, M-O-N-A-C-O. Yeah, m- m- something like that, where it's it's him and three other composers. And, you know, as a group, they tend to dominate a lot of music. Like, they dominate, like, Tekken 6 and Tekken 7. Like, they are the composers. And they're the composers of the Nier franchise and Drakengard and other games that we're going to look at in this episode today. But... You know, because there's four of them, Kaichi Okabe is not responsible for every track. So we definitely had to do a lot of research for this episode. And thankfully, I had the time to do that. And I made it really easy for Frank because I literally every game he's ever had a a hand in in composing music for. I picked out all the tracks he's done and just presented it that way. So that way you didn't have to, like, sift through all my notes and everything to really find tracks for this episode. So I think it made it a lot easier. <laughs> it really did. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely, it was helpful for myself because after you picked your tracks, is then when I went in and picked mine. But you're kind of starting to hear that development of the Okabe sound that I think is going to be even more apparent once we get to about the halfway point of this episode. Yeah. I mean, this one right here, definitely, you could, you could hear like a Moby influence to it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And it even sounds to me, it very much sounds like Shoji Magero. And it sounds like Persona music almost. It does. A little bit. I, I can hear that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, and that's around the time when like Shimagami Tensei and Persona were really, you know, starting to become a, a popular franchise in 2000. So it's around the right time where he could have maybe gotten some influence on what Shoji Magero was doing back in the day. It's crazy because uh, we see that all the time. We we, heard, we saw that with uh, with Legend of Zelda, I believe, for Link to the Past, where a Link to the Past and Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, where, where the music was very similar, but they were made around the same time, within, like months or of each may, other. It may have been Final Fan or it may have been Final Fantasy IV, and like it was one of the it was, two. It was, it was one of those. It's the same kind of thing. So yeah, I could see that. I think it was four. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I think it was four. But you're right. I mean, that just you know, just the way of the time, so to speak, and the influence of each other that the composers had on each other. So. Um, yeah, I think it's time we listen to something that isn't Tekken. What do we got next, Frank? Because you have, you dominate the first four picks because you went really early into his career. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing all 16. <laughs> uh, so, my next pick is from a game that I really enjoy, or at least a series I really enjoy. This is from Beautiful Katamari, and this is Boyfriend to Gogo.
Friend of Go Go, Brian's favorite thing in the world. From Wake me up, up before you go go. I'm not planning on going solo. But he did go solo, is the issue. Yes, into that good night. Rest in peace. Never gonna dance again. Uh, yes, yeah, so this game came out in 2007 on the 360. Yeah, actual release date I have here October 16th, 2007. And I haven't played a lot of Beautiful Katamari, but I know you probably have. I have played them all. Uh, the singer on this one, I looked her up. Her name is Io Matsumoto, and she was a popular teen idol uh, in Japan in the early 80s. Oh, okay. So, teen idol in the early 80s, that would have put her late 30s around the time she was recording this track, so that makes sense. That makes she, sense. Was born in, she was born in 65. Yeah, so that makes sense. She was in a group called Cutie Mommy for a while. Ooh, Cutie Mommy. Sounds good. I'll have to look them up. Maybe they're great. I say that in jest, but a lot of Japanese like idol like groups are actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, so she was pretty much all but retired when uh, she did this song. Uh, her last like major album was 91. Oh, wow. So se- like 17 years or what, 16 years before this track actually came out. So or the game, I should say. But yeah, I mean, this is it, and it's so different. Like you can tell, I mean, obviously it's Katamari, so it's not going to have the Okabe style that I've coined for this entire episode. But you still get a little bit of that in there. And obviously he's like the driving force behind the track. But obviously the vocalist is going to drive a lot of the the direction of the song as well. So it, it definitely has a much more Japanese pop idol feel to it. And I guess that makes sense because beautiful Katamari and, and the Katamari Damasi series in general is is more upbeat like up-tempo fun than a lot of what Kaichi Okabe is known for working on I mean Tekken that's fighting but like you look at Nier you look at uh Dragon Guard and all these other games that he's done man they're very emotional games and and like powerful stories where he's really able to take advantage of his own unique style that's not a style I want to adopt right now I want to go back to fighting baby Okay, That's we, right. we got one more fighting game before we get a little bit of a break. Yeah, you'll get a slight reprieve here just for a little while. From Tekken 6, this is Break Theory.
And that was Break Theory from Tekken 6. Great freaking piece of music there, dude. You know your boy how to bring the metal. Yeah, released October 27th, 2009. Uh, last three games we've picked, uh, Tekken Tag Tournament, Beautiful Katamari, Tekken 6, all releasing in October. Well, it's a good time of year for games to come out. You get them out. Uh, if they don't do well, you get to discount them for. Yeah, Black Friday. Black Friday. <laughs> get get some extra sales at a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a loss, but not much of a loss. At that, t- that time, that time of year always just bankrupts me. Oh, yeah, me from, too. From, from October to December. Oh, it's it's so bad. And it's going to be even it's going to be terrible this year. Holy crap, dude. It's going to be so bad this year. But yeah, man, that's just an awesome rocking tune. Uh I, I thought for sure that was the title screen music, but I don't I'm not I'm not confident in saying that you looked it up and we're not we're not confident that it is. But it sounds like it could be either way. It's a great piece of music. And we're now starting to hear what's going to form his style over the next several games we listen to. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to hear this next one, to be quite honest, man. Cause... Yeah, because yeah, after after Tekken six, he took. Not really a little bit of a break, but he moved away from the fighting games for a while. Obviously, he worked on Nier, still did Tekken Tag Tournament 2 in between, but he did Nier, Drakengard 3, and uh, Nier Automata in like around the same period. So we're now going to move into what is my first pick on the episode this week. And this actually comes from the original Nier. Uh, sometimes it's known as over in Japan, they, they released two versions, one on the PS3, one on the 360. Uh, the, I think it was the PS3 was Near Gestalt, and no, Near Gestalt was the Xbox 360. Near Replicant was the PS3, but here in North America, it was literally just known as Near on both platforms. They didn't actually, you know, separate it by name, even though it was the same game across both platforms. They just gave it a different name. So let's take a listen to our first pick from Near. This right here is Song of the Ancients, Devola. <laughs>
And that was Song of the Ancients, the Devila version from Nier, which originally released here in North America, April 27th, 2010. Vocals done by Emmy Evans. Now, that's a name you're going to hear a lot. Emmy Evans, she does a lot of the vocals for Yoko Taro developed games and Kaichi Okabe composed music. But what's super interesting about this is that the language you're hearing is a chaos language. It is not a legitimate language. It's a made up language inspired whoa, by. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? 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 I understood every word she says, okay? I took chaos in college. So well, that's, that's because you, you also are what they call delusional. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tell that to my 14 inch. No, let's, let's not talk about that, Erna. What, your 14 inch make believe friend behind you? Uh, I don't want anything 14 inches behind me. <laughs> <laughs> the language itself is inspired by Gaelic and French. And it's beautiful, man. Even though, like, that doesn't directly translate to anything. They've since, like, kind of released, like, what the English lyrics would be for these types of tracks if they were, you know, to be sung in, like, a different language. You kind of get, you know, it's it's meant to be a sorrowful song. It's meant to be a beautiful song. It's meant to have a, a compelling nature to it. But it's so gorgeous in that chaos language, in that native tongue that they've developed for the universe. And this, this language extends beyond the original Nier. It also encapsulates Drakengard. It encapsulates Nier Automata, the sequel to Nier. And it's just so freaking well done, man. And I was talking to you off air while we were listening to that track. I really wish they would capitalize on the success of Nier Automata, which we'll play some tracks from later in the show. But that game has sold four, four million copies now worldwide, which is a massive success when the original, I don't even think, sold a million. And because that game is so well received, because that game did so well and is so beloved now, I think they should try to capitalize on that, re-release the original on on modern platforms. And while they're at it, re-release Drakengard 3, which is also included in the same universe. Drakengard 1 and 2, I believe, are as well, but I don't think they would do as well if they re-released them. But at least 3, because it came out after Nier and before Nier Automata, it was kind of like a bridging game and just like a different franchise. If they released those two games now, first of all, I'd buy them again in a heartbeat and play through them especially because I never finished Drakengard 3. But I would just love to see these games just get more success because I don't feel like they reached a big enough audience when they originally came out. Well, we're at it. Love it on games. I'd like to extend a congratulations to uh, Emmy Evans, uh, welcoming her baby girl, uh, uh, Amelie, into the world January 4th of this year. Ah, good month to have a birthday, January. Best month, in my opinion. <sighs> everything has to tie back to you, man, doesn't it? <laughs> Not everything, no. Just when I can, it's funny. Uh, I didn't know she had a kid. That's awesome. I didn't know she had a little baby daughter. That's cool. Let's go listen to another piece of music from near near the original game. Not not Tamata. We'll get to that later. But yeah, let's listen to another piece of music from the original near because I doubled up on a few of my games because again, again, he is most known for these this universe. So I wanted to definitely portray that from near. This is Shadow Lord. Thank you. 
And that was Shadow Lord from Nier, which again released April 27th, 2010. And everything we're listening to on today's episode has been composed by the wonderful Mr. Kaichi Okabe, someone that I just absolutely adore his music. And like I said, now we're really starting to hear that Okabe style that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, that, you know, his unique way, uh, unique usage of instrumentation in the background does a lot with like chanting and vocals and choruses like that actual track there was done by the bars chorus b-a-r-z-z uh no clue where they're located out of but that's i mean i was able to find the credit at least so that's that and yeah just an epic piece of music the first like three minutes is just a chorus and like a choir singing but then it gets a little bit quicker man you know you get that you know get the guitars kick in the drums kick in and it just it picks up speed it picks up its tone and it's an epic piece of music uh this game is so great i really again i wish they would re-release this uh put it on modern platforms and i think it would do very very well because i'm getting the itch to replay these games like i want to if they don't re-release it i'm gonna go back and play it soon i have it on the ps3 i'd like to go back and replay it uh, I'm going to finish Dragon Guard 3 if they don't release that. And then I really do want to play through Nier Automata again and get all six endings over again because that game is just so freaking special. Um, looking forward to seeing what they do next because of the success of Nier Automata. You know, they've already they've already greenlit the third game. They have to have. They'd be stupid not to. So I'm really looking forward to see maybe what they're going to do with that. Obviously, that'll be like a PS5 title, but still looking forward to it. No, it has to happen, man, because Nier was a freaking like... It was a phenomenon. Like if it, 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 it took off, no one expected Nier to be that big of a game here. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two years ago, sorry, 2017, 2017. Yeah, um, I keep forgetting we're in 2019. Yeah, we're already we're already three months in, even which is crazy. Uh, in March, yeah, which, which is absolutely insane. But I did find a couple quotes that I wanted to to mention here in the episode today from Kaichi Okabe, and I think this is a good time to mention the first one. He said that generally. When he composes the background music for a video game, the sound work is completed two to three months before the game goes on sale, and he's doing interviews and appearing at events around the time of the game actually releasing. Then, within about a month, things pretty much come to a close. So that was from the play- a PlayStation blog interview that they did with him, and it kind of gives us an idea of when the music for a game is completed, and it's actually later than I would have originally thought, at least for at least for games that he's worked on and and in his personal, you know, uh, experiences, because, you know, two to three months before a game goes on sale, that's pretty crazy. Because I because you you assume that, you know, the music would give you cues for certain things in the game. So obviously, then they must have those cues built in that he has to build a song around. Yeah, it it definitely sounds that way. So I, I can't say that it's the same for every composer or every you know, yeah, every, de- every developer or every director of a game, but at least it's just in his personal experiences. That's the way it's been done. And I and I think that's interesting because that allows them to if they don't like something in a game, they can change it and then not waste time. Because a lot of times you hear like, you know, music when it's composed for games several months or s- several years in advance. Sometimes an entire concept gets scrapped from a game and then that effort you know, that recording time, if you, if they had to, you know, pay for a studio or pay for a artists or a chorus or some or a choir to come in, then it's just a waste at that point. So at least doing it that late into the system, that means that you're guaranteed to use the stuff. Yeah, we see it all the time. You know, we see uh, like 
tracks that aren't on the uh, aren't released into the game. Yeah. Uh, on, on these soundtracks. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, the, the Okabe style, we have the Okabe method as well. <laughs> Perfect. The Okabe style and the Okabe method. Uh, what are you going to hit us with next? You got another pick coming up here. Absolutely. That one, that song has some definite force to it. I'm going to hit you with a Mystic Force from Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Mystic Force from Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Uh, there, that was the, the Tokyo Philharmonic Choir. Yeah, super, super cool. Uh, the game came out September 11th, 2012, so two years after our, you know, previous game year. That is, it sounds, now again, you're you're really hearing that Okabe style because you have the, the, the near influences in this track now, but it's mixed with like the techno EDM beats that we've started now that was established for the Tekken franchise. So that really feels like you and I stepped foot into like a dance club. You know, it'd be cool to see him up there freaking spinning this record too. Hell yeah, it would. Um, do, do they sell spin records? I don't know. Spin records. Wasn't that like an actual label at one point? I bet you it was as well. <laughs> I am not Funky Fly or Fresh. No, no. It's up there with uh, with Death Row Records maybe or um, Aftermath. Well, I do know Death Row and Aftermath, you know, because I know you do. What's my style? But yeah, man, just the the actual bells in this track, like that. Obviously, we know it's the Tokyo Philharmonic Choir, but that to me sounded like a chorus of angels almost. Like that's just it kind of the feeling I got from that track. And it's a cool, uh, it's a cool level in general too. But yeah, it does sound like uh, it's pretty angelic. Ooh, chorus, the, uh, chorus of angels. Now that I think about it, that is actually a name of a track from. Um, Oh, they're like a Christian metalcore band. I forget the name of them, but that was a great tune. I got to listen to that again when we're done. <laughs> I don't even want to know that Christian metalcore exists. Okay. Oh, Christian metalcore exists, man. And it's actually pretty banging. It's really cool. 
I'm more of a satanic pop punk country, okay, kind of guy. Where you and I aren't religious at all, but I, I like all music, so I don't I'm know. Just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just being a jerk, Brian. I know, I know. You and I aren't really that religious at all, but I just mean like just any type of music is good music in my opinion, except for rap. <laughs> Brian, you gotta open your mind and your heart and your soul. Uh, and, and, and let Slim Shady and Coolio into your heart. Um, yeah, man. This is, this is the Russian underground stage. I love it. Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is a good game. But uh, I cannot wait to hear what you have up next for me because I'm kind of reading ahead into the notes. And this is the yeah, song I want to Yeah, it's kind of cheating here a little bit because I actually sent you the uh, the list for the, you know, the, the format for the episode this week. So that way you would know because we didn't, I didn't tell you beforehand, like when order your tracks were going in. So I just sent you the entire note. So you're getting to see everything that I usually put on here that you don't get to see. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. We're going to now be moving to a game that is in the near universe, but not in name from Drakengard 3. This is Kuriota, otherwise known as the Black Song. Say 
And that was Kuri Ota, otherwise known as the Black Song from Drakengard 3, which released here in North America May 20th, 2014. Vocals done by Emmy Evans. So again, I told you, you're going to hear her quite often, especially when we're talking about Nier. Uh, love the beginning of that track when it's like just her and the acoustic guitar. That just sounds so haunting and chilling. I absolutely love it's beautiful. that. beautiful. Yeah. And then it kicks in about halfway through and you get the Okabe style. I'm hoping you're picking up on it by now. It, 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 it's very much like techno EDM mixed with like emotional type stuff. And he's such a good artist and a good composer for being able to bring those two things together and make compelling music and things that are, you know, incredibly exciting to listen to. If you look up these tracks on YouTube, we're, we're talking 1 million hits, 2 million hits to 3 million hits for these songs from Nier, Nier Automata and Drakengard. And then you look at Tekken and you, you know, 50,000, 100,000, you know, maybe 200,000 at most. The music for this franchise for Nier and Drakengard is one of the reasons why it's so beloved. And it's so obvious why. When I saw the black song as the title, I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be some like grindcore be- like metal yeah, evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm so pleasantly surprised. This is freaking awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it's such a, like I said, it's such a beautifully done track. Very haunting, very chilling. Uh, and and it's it's gorgeous, man. And Drakengard 3 is such a messed up game. Like, Nier's a messed up game. Nier Automata's a messed up game. But Drakengard 3 is the most like twisted out of all of the, out of them all. And the game just at times doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, it makes so much sense. Like it's very gory. It's very bloody near and near automata. They're not gory and bloody games, but Drakengard, dude, that game is bloody as hell. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's it's at times gross even. But like it, it's such a it's such an important game. I wish it would have done better. More people need to play it. Um, we have another track from Drakengard 3 that we may as well made the I'm making up my own language for this. Does it make sense to you now? Wow, you speak chaos as well. <laughs> from Drakengard 3. This is Armoros. <laughs>
And that was Armoros from Drakengard 3, again released May 20th, 2014, and everything you're hearing on today's episode has been composed by Mr. Kaichi Okabe. Now, I was able to find the vocalist on that track, but it's an interesting thing here, because it says under the actual credits for the soundtrack that the vocalist for that track and several other tracks on this se- on this game is Yorha. Now, Yorha is a make-believe thing <laughs> from the universe of Nier and Drakengard. So I have no idea. <laughs> They're not actually giving credits to an actual person. Um, actual people that did record vocals on the soundtrack for Drakengard 3 include Ma- uh, Nami Nakaga- Nakagawa, Maya Uchidu, and Emmy Evans. It didn't sound like Emmy Evans to me, but they, again, they are giving credit distinctly in the actual leaflet of the soundtrack to Yorha. So that is what we are giving credit to as well. That was done by Yorha vocals. (laughs) That right there is a boss theme. And that is so epic. That's the boss theme, huh? That is that is a that is one of several boss themes. And uh, again, you have very Tekken like sound to it, a very Okabe style. But to me, and you were able to pick up on this as well, it sounds so similar to a gothic metal band from Milan, Italy, known as Lacuna Coil. What are you talking about? Are you trying to speak Italian? I was speaking Italian. Oh, okay. It sounded like uh, make-believe Italian to me, like chaos Italian. It was chaos Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I don't know. Lacuna Coil, they have such a distinct sound to them. And when I heard this track, it, it very much, it sounded, and I forget the name of the tune. I'd have to go back and look it up on their album. But it sounded to me like one of their, like, number one hits. Like distinctly, like the same style, the same way of singing. Like it just and and Lacuna Coil is a great band. I I actually really enjoy them, but it just sounded to me like that. I think that's actually really interesting and really super cool. Um, I pulled a, another quote Ooh. from an interview that Kaichi Okabe did with PlayStation Blog, and this was kind of like they were asking him his thought process on how he composes a track. And I thought this would kind of be interesting to talk about for a minute. He said, first, he he likes to think about the visuals and the situation. And then he puts his heart and soul into creating sounds that will make a given scene sound even richer. But the order in which he composes varies from song to song. For battle music, which is what we just heard, where the tempo is really important, he often starts with the rhythm and goes from there. With some songs, he follows a more typical track-making process where specific instruments, for example, a repeated string phase, come first and then he builds on top of that. For songs that express emotions, which he is very good at doing, he imagines someone singing and then he comes up he comes up with a melody that he feels would be heartrending and moving if sung correctly. He composes the rest of the track around it to make that melody shine. So I kind of like kind of jumping into okay, his mindset cool. there, kind of like how he approaches different compositions based off of the you know, the usage of the song in the game, whether it's a battle track, whether it's, you know, a, a vocal track, an emotional track, whether it's a, you know, just a more typical tune that you would hear in a video game. He, he tends to approach things differently. And I actually think that's really interesting. So that's pretty neat. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool just to get like a, a glimpse into the creative process there. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, definitely super cool. Uh, but I think it's time to explore the realm of Tekken for the last time on the episode. Yeah, the last time you're gonna get some tech anatomy for this episode. Uh, you want the creative process of this one? Dip, dip, dip the Arctic Snowfall in some EDM goodness, and you get Arctic Snowfall final round from Tekken 7. 
that is Arctic Snowfall, the final round from Tekken 7. Dude, that is incredible. Uh, Tekken 7 came out on June 2nd, 2017. That right there is just pure dubstep. That's pretty cool it is, man. It's fucking... Oh, I didn't mean to curse It is pure (laughs) rocking... Yeah, it's it's so dubstep, and it's it has a little bit of chill step to it, I guess, but which is just another form of dubstep. And you get the wubs, and you get all the stuff. Whoa, that whoa, is, whoa, 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 whoa! No, back it up, no, there, no, no, buddy. no, no, no! It's it's whoa, 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 whoa! It's how you do dubstep, not whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa! There's different kinds of dubstep. Yeah, there's uh, there's liquid dubstep, there's chill step, there's. Uh, it, it's, it's all that's different. That's how you know you listen to. Too, that's how you know you listen to too much dubstep. I told you when we were listening. I told you when we were listening to it that I actually really enjoy listening to dubstep. It actually, it helps me get prepared. Like if I have to do something, if I ever want to, I used to listen to it a lot while streaming on Twitch when I used to do that. But if I ever want to, you know, sit down and really just crank out some reviews, I'll put on dubstep because it helps me concentrate. If I'm listening to a track with vocals like hair metal or rock or metal, I have a harder time concentrating. But if I'm listening to that's why I listen to a lot of synthwave and retrowave when I'm writing as well. So it's very much like that for me. Do they have any Christian dubstep? I should look it up, but probably. I want to hear the Lord drop a little whoa, whoa, whoa. I would be willing to bet there's Christian dubstep. If not, million dollar idea. Just cut in your boy. All right. A million dollar idea to faith plus one. I could sing one of their songs, but I don't want to. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to get sued. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't need to get sued by Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, and Trey. Yes, they're very litigious. Yeah, they, they, uh, they. Even though they themselves avoid getting sued all the time, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, great pick, though, man. That that is again. You have the Okabe style, but it, it, and again, yeah, and, and again, it, it really is a mix of dubstep, EDM, techno, club music, and. A, a way of making just emotional tracks. And and while that's, I wouldn't say obviously that's not emotional music, but if you take out the dubstep and you listen to the melody that's underneath that track, it actually is really beautiful. And we're, we're a little more than halfway through the episode, but just remember how we first started, how, how much he's progressed since the Tekken yeah. 3 song. Yeah, it sounds nothing like that now. I mean, you still have a little bit of inspiration from what he used to do back in, you know, the, the late 90s. But now that we're moving into, you know, we're in 2017, so almost 20 years. Actually, no, exactly. Because the Tekken 3 came out in 97 in Japan. So exactly 20 years later, uh, we have a much more distinct sound and style. That's really cool to hear how the progression went. But I think we're now going to move on to the game that a majority of people, you know, know him from. Or, you know, this this is the thing where he, that he is the most synonymous with. And that is Nier Automata. And we're going to take a listen to two tracks from this game. The first one here, again from Nier Automata is peaceful sleep.
And that was Peaceful Sleep from Near Automata, which released on March 7th, 2017. So again, this is where we're kind of getting out of order a little bit because Tekken 7 was June 2nd, but Near was March 7th. However, Tekken 7 was 2015 in Japan, so he would have composed that track first. So that's why that's the kind of the way that I laid this episode out. So he would have moved on to Nier Automata after Tekken 7. Wow, Nier is turning two years old tomorrow as of the, uh, as, the as, 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 of, as of, yeah, the episode posts on March 6th, and yeah, uh, Nier wow. came out March 7th in 2017. So nice, uh, nice, pick up on that. nice pick up on that. I actually wouldn't even have thought to say that, so that's really cool. Yeah, and you definitely have to play this game. Absolutely. Everyone needs to play this game. Uh, vocals done by Emmy Evans. Very inspiring song for me. It's very calming. Uh, it it kind of relates to a simpler time in the world. Like, again, Nier is such a for, you know, it, it's like a mind freak type of thing. It's like it, it messes with your mind. I don't want to swear. I'm trying not to swear. I would normally say mind F, but it's really not, I mean, I don't want to say that on the show. But it, it is it, it, the game really messes with you in the way that you perceive things. I've said this before on the Maxima podcast. If you listen to that every time I talk about it, and I think I've said it before here as well, because we've played a couple tracks from Nier. It is worth every penny like. And again, it, rem- it relates to a, a simpler time in the world that that this is supposed to be taking place in. But if you told me if someone came up to me and said, hey, Brian, in order to play Nier Automata, you would have to pay. You know what? Let me change that. If you were to play Nier Automata 2 or Nier 3 or whatever they're going to call the next game, you have to pay $1,000 to play this game. I would dish out $1,000 to play the game. Really? That's... Th- this okay. This game means that much to me. Like, I, I would pay $1,000 to have access to the next game because of how special and how much of an impact Nier Automata left on me. Would you pay that to play the game a month early? No. But if I if I had to spend a thousand dollars to play the game ever, I'm just seeing this. I just trying to see a square trying to use the Anthem model. So I'm just, <laughs> just out there trying to see what they want to do. No, but if someone told me I could never play the game unless I paid a thousand dollars, like they held it at ransom from me, I would pay the thousand dollars to have access to the game. Two hundred dollars to play it early. A month early. No. Okay, Brian. Brian still has a soul. No, I would. I, I'm not going to pay to play it early. Now, if they want to send a review copy and I get to play it early, that's perfectly acceptable, and I'll do that. <laughs> but if, again, if someone said, hey, you know, you can't play this game unless you pay the, the tariff of $1,000, then I would pay it. I want to play the game that bad. Like, the game means that much to me. It really is. Like I it, would pay that for Elder Scrolls Six if I could play it tomorrow. Yeah, although you'd be playing just, like, uh, a side, a scrolling map because it's all that's made of the game. What we saw at E3 is all that exists. It's what they want you to think, Brian. <laughs> That's what we know. They're, they're, they'll buy into what the Illuminati tells you. Yeah, the Illuminati is telling me that you're looking away from the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was just so touched by the song. <laughs> we have another track from Neo Automata that I think we should listen to. This one right here is known as Possessed by a Disease.
And that was Possessed by a Disease from Near Automata, again released March 7th, 2017, to your anniversary, as Frank mentioned, tomorrow. And again, everything you're hearing on this episode has been composed by Kaichi Okabe. I love that, dude. That is awesome. It was like a band of like goblins or demons like singing in the background. It kind of sounded like baby metal a little bit to me. <laughs> like, you know, the band, the Japanese band, baby metal, yes. the metal band, kind of like how they sing some of their songs like uh, chocolate and stuff. And the the way that they use the vocals and that it very, very reminiscent of of this vocal style here. Uh, I couldn't find actual credits on the vocalist, the female vocalist. It sounds like Emmy Evans. But I can't give official credit because there is no official credit on the actual soundtrack, so I can't say for sure. Um, great freaking tune, though, man. That is so well done. It's very interesting. And yeah, like you said, like a like a band of goblins or something. That's what it sounds like. Or no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something something like that. Uh, very, very well done track. And. Like I said, you really are starting to and not starting to. You should already have been picking up on the Okabe style that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And we've kind of been hammering it home. And and what's crazy is that Kaichi Okabe only has a handful of games, you know, besides the one we're playing here on the episode. We're, and we're playing Well, you picked eight different games and I picked six tracks from three games and two separate. So five, eight, 13 games on the episode this week. And there were like three or four games we didn't choose anything from that were like much smaller in scale. So he has maybe 16 or 17 games that he's worked on total. Other than that, the guy is kind of elusive. It's hard to find information. It's hard to really he's busy work. He's busy working on the new near in secret. And that's totally no. fine, dude. I'm that's down a, for that. A- that's a lie, Brian. He's not going to work on that until about two months till that game actually hits the store. True. That's, that's his process. Yeah, true. We know that now. True, true, <laughs> true, true. Um, he actually had a, a comment and a quote from an interview that I found about Nier. And, and they were kind Ooh. of talking about like his composition style for Nier Automata. So he said the previous Nier, the original one, Nier Gestalt, Nier Replicant, was fantasy-like. And the story was fleeting and sad. So he composed the music to be mysterious, delicate, and ephemeral. Compared to that, Nier Automata is much more sci-fi, so he tried to make the background music more dynamic. That being said, as a way to maintain the nearness, as he called it, he utilized voices for each track in order to create a melody that expressed that same sad and ephemeral feel. He really thinks that the resulting fusion of dynamic music and mournful melody made for a near-esque now, like a, a genre known as near-esque. And I like that he's kind of classifying this as it's an entire thing now. Like, this is just near-esque. And it's so freaking cool that he's kind of, like created this entire idea in his mind of what it could be. That's neat. I like it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got a great track for you. I've actually listened to this one like six times already. Yeah, and, and I actually, I'm familiar with this track as well, man. And really, it sounds like it could be lifted right from the Automata. Uh, this is so great. This is the Shield of the King, also known as the main theme of the Final Fantasy 15 episode, episode Gladius.
And that was The Shield of the King, the main theme of Final Fantasy XV episode Gladio. Yeah, that is insane, dude. And that episode released March 28th, 2017, so uh, almost two years ago as well. That sounds so much like Nier, like the things we've been hearing from Nier, Nier Automata, and Guard 3. That is so similar, but it's mixed with one of your favorite things ever. Yes, Gregorian chants, man. Uh, that's yeah. my, that's my, it's, 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 one, it's one of my jams. I love that. Uh, I used to have the album. Where they did like the, the pop covers. So used to, dude. I still listen to those, uh, those albums on a regular basis. I unfortunately had a bit of a sad situation. I took all my CDs. I copied them all to my computer. Put them all on my iPod. So I had my music always at my aunt ready, and someone stole my iPod. What the hell did you do with your CDs? I sold them all away because I didn't need them anymore. I, yeah, that sucks. I mean, at least you could still listen to the stuff on YouTube and that stuff. But I mean, I, I do have access to everything whenever I want. I have Amazon Music and YouTube and stuff, but it, it does suck. You know, people suck. You, know, you shouldn't steal from anyone. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Theft, theft is a very crappy thing. Uh, I, I stream that stuff a lot through Spotify. I mean, I, I am a Spotify premium member. I pay $10 a month. I've been paying $10 a month to Spotify for three plus years now. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I've never had to buy another album. And if you do want a discount on your Spotify premium, just put uh, offer code LDJ. Yeah. It doesn't do anything yet. It, but won't, it, won't get, it won't get you anywhere, but you can certainly try and let them know you want a discount using offer code LDG. <laughs> Maybe they're like, what the hell is LDG? And they'll look us up and be like, oh, we should reach out to these guys. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> and me and Gladio, we do share uh, a common interest. We do like to go camping in Coleman tents. Yeah. You like to hang out with your bros. You like to protect the prince. Uh, yeah, I think Prince is great, you know, uh, he rests in peace. Dude, Prince was fantastic. Let's not even kid ourselves. He was, you know, I'm sad every day he's not here. Yeah, it's definitely a purple I rain. Would, I, would, I, would, I would trade Brian's life for his in a heartbeat. Purple rain. I never want to be all weekend lover. See, uh, he, see, Prince can replace Coolio. You can have Coolio spot on this podcast. Oh, man. I think it'd be more expensive to get the rights to Prince, though. <laughs> They're going to shut they're going to shut us down for that little, for those few words that I said. Julio's uh, begging us for a job, but Prince, not not so much, because uh, obviously he doesn't Coolio need a job. Julio actually sponsors us to, to mention him. So he just doesn't pay us anything. <laughs> he pays us in the sweet, uh, sweet tunes of Gangsta's Paradise. The, well, the power and the money, money and the power, minute after minute, hour after hour. He stands outside your door and raps at night so that way New Jack doesn't bust in in the middle of the night. There you go. <laughs> Worth every second spent. <laughs> Uh, dude, I've not played. Here's the issue. I've not played any of the DLC for Final Fantasy 15 yet. You had said that. I didn't believe you. But yeah. No, and, and, no, and no, and I'm, I'm, I'm still it's still true because I was waiting for season two to come out. I wanted to play all of the the DLC stuff at once. So I could just burn through it all. And then they canceled a majority of the season two DLC. So now actually later this month, in fact, uh, episode Arden comes out and that's the final episode we're going to get. So. Very, very soon, I will be playing through the DLC content for Final Fantasy 15. I already own the season one on uh, PS4. I own the, the four episodes that came out previously. Uh, I Gladio. No, I haven't played it yet. I haven't touched it. I, I you know, Brian, the, Brian, Gladio, Brian. Prompto, Ignis, and Noctis. I have their four episodes. But then I was waiting for, you know, Luna, Arden, and the other ones that were coming out. And then Arden is the only one that's coming out. So when that comes out, I'll buy it. And then I'll sit down and play them all in the order they released. I think that'll be fun. But for now, I haven't played them yet. And speaking of things I haven't played, I think it's time to move on to a game that is actually releasing sometime this year. They're saying spring 2019, but the game actually came out in 2017 over in Japan. 
Oh, I was going to say, okay, they're going in order. All right, yeah, gotcha. we, we are going in order in terms of the way he composed them. So gotcha, this game right here, we'll talk about it when we come back. Prepare for something epic and one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever listened to. We're going to do an episode on this game in the future. Uh, maybe this year, if I can slot it in, I definitely want to play through the game first before we have a chance to do the episode. So it may end up being next year. It's a mobile title. Keep that in mind. You listen to the soundtrack from a game known as Sino Alice. This is Prelude of Showdown. was Prelude of Showdown from a game known as Sino Alice, or it could be Sin O Alice. It's, it's stylized as capital S-I-N, lowercase O, capital A-L-I-C-E. It released June 6th, 2017 over in Japan, and it is slated to come out here uh, in North America spring 2019. Again, this is an iOS uh, Android game. It's a mobile game, and it is a fairy tale themed game. 
Now, what that means, I'm not sure because I haven't played it. But what I know is that it's a, a fairy tale themed game with a darker tone and setting to it. That already has me excited and intrigued. But then I find out that Yoko Taro, the director beh behind Nier and Dakagard, is the director behind Sino Alice, and I'm even more excited. So checkbox number two. And then checkbox number three is that Kaichi Okabe is the composer for the game. So it's it's literally speaking on everything that I enjoy. So I looked it up a little bit and there are several playable playable playable. What am I trying to say? There are several playable characters in the game and they're all based off of characters from fairy tales that we all know and love. And each one has a core nature that defines them. So the list is Alice, who is defined by restriction. And again, it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Snow White is defined by justice. Briar Rose defined by slumber. Cinderella defined by depravity. Pinocchio defined by dependency. Princess Kuguya, Kaguya, I think is how you say that, defined by suffering. Gretel defined by delusion. Red Riding Hood defined by violence. The Little Mermaid defined by sorrow. Dorothy, and I'm wondering if that's Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. I would think so, but is that really a fairy tale? Not really, but Dorothy defined by Inquisition, the Nutcracker defined by old age, three little pigs defined by gluttony, and Aladdin defined by Parvenu. Exactly. That's what I think of when I think of Aladdin. Parvenu. Parvenu? What is Parvenu? Do we even know? I have no idea. It's a word <laughs> I just haven't. Yeah, I'm not sure of it either, but looking it up, Parvenu is a person of obscure origin who has gained wealth, influence, or celebrity. That totally fits. Mr. Aladdin, sir. Yes. Yeah. It's all it. Yeah, so uh, Aladdin, you are definitely parvenistic. <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. We're going to say it is, though. Uh, dude, this game has me excited. And even though I don't really dive too much into like mobile gaming and that kind of stuff, I do play certain games like I played uh, Star Ocean Anamnesis when it came out. This is an, a mobile game that I'm absolutely going to play. And if the soundtrack and again, I listen to bits and pieces of the soundtrack while picking stuff for this episode. But if it's all as epic as that track we just heard, and that is a nine minute track. So there's plenty of stuff there that you're hearing as we keep talking and, and probably even that exists after we're done talking. But if the entire thing is that good, then I think we need to put this episode in sometime this year. Because that is incredible. We can do that. That is especially absolutely all, incredible. Especially if they're all fairy tale uh, times. Yeah, and, and if each, maybe maybe like each fairy tale has like its own unique song or something, I think that'd be really exciting to explore. So we'll definitely be looking into that after I have a chance to play through the game and, and really just see what it's all about. Uh, who's now? You are. You get to go next. We got two tracks left on the episode today. We each have one pick left. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. So, so for my final pick, taking you to my favorite place in the entire universe, we're going back to the Dark World. This is the Dark World slash Dark World Dungeon from Super Smash Brothers 3DS. And Ultimate. And Ultimate. And Ultimate.
And that was the Dark World slash Dark World Dungeon from Super Smash Brothers 3DS and Ultimate. Yeah, came out. Uh, we're just going to we're just going to give the release date for Smash Brothers Ultimate since, uh, you know, check out Flavor Tech tomorrow. But, you know, it replaced Super Smash Brothers Melee at Evo 2019 later this year, December 7th, 2018. Uh, great tune. I love hearing Kaichi Okabe's take on Zelda. I do. Yeah, man. Uh, he did good. He did well. Yeah, and you know what's exciting, dude? If you remember the Smash episode we did, we also heard Kaichi Okabe's take on Mario because he's the one that did the ground theme for Super Mario Brothers 2 that we played at the beginning of the episode. I was going to say, uh, he does these tracks and he, he's not alone in this. All these composers, they, they they take on songs that are not what they're typically known for. Right. So it's pretty good. So it's, it's pretty cool to see him out there just taking his take on Zelda. Which, and it's uh, so it good. It's so good. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do my favorite Zelda track. So Yeah, you may as well go out there and fight, fight for the light world if you're going to do it, because it is the only is way the to do it. the theme of the dark world. The theme for the dark world. While fight, fighting for the light world. Fight, fight for the light world. I hate you, Brian. I know. Don't take away, this one. Don't take away the one good thing I have going on in my life. That's the dark world. Yeah, your 80-year-old man body. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because I'm I'm injured because I fought for this country. Wait, wait. So now you're actually taking on the persona of an 80 year old man pretending like you were in like the Vietnam War or something? Korean War? No. Gulf War? No, I, I, the war of the war on fast food? Uh, which you're welcome. Uh, you know, I'm on the front lines there. <laughs> Eating it all before anyone else has a chance to. <laughs> I stood up to General Arby and I said, yeah, you, you may have the meats, but I have the meat sweats. <laughs> Yep, yep, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, go going back to to Smash. What a, again? Just a phenomenal take on such an epic and iconic piece of music. We've talked so much on the Dark World. We've heard remixes of it on the show. We've heard the original tune. There's so much to love about this track, and especially when we played the um, the low rule version from the A Link Between Worlds portion when we did that when we did that episode look. Everything about this track is phenomenal. And just hearing someone else's take on it besides Koji Kondo, besides the original composer of the track from the Super Nintendo, is always super freaking cool. So I, I really enjoyed this tune, man. It was it was a great pick. We're going to close out the episode this week with a game that releases in two weeks time here in North America. The game actually comes out on March 19th, 2019, already released in Japan. But the game is Fate Extella Link, and the track is Last Stand. And this is another very Okabe style of a track. It's it's something that we've come to know and expect from him through listening to these 16 pieces of music on the episode this week. And Fate Extella is a, a franchise that I am a big fan of because it's one of those. It's like your your Musos. It's like Fire Emblem Warriors. It's like, you know, Hyrule Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, Dragon Quest uh, Heroes, those games that I really enjoy playing through because they're just simple and mindless fun. They're hack and slash. They're fun to pick up and play. And they have some interesting stories and, and great soundtracks behind them. So, yeah, this has just been a, a, a really fun episode. And I have one more quote from Kaichi Okabe to deliver before we, you know, really close things out. And it, it's just about him in general and, you know, what inspires him. And I, and I thought this one was, was really cool here. So he said he's a part of a generation that admired the music from North America and Europe while growing up over in Japan. So when he first started composing music, he was largely influenced by Western music and would also try to mimic it. But the more he did that, the more he felt that his own style was very Japanese. He began to wonder what sort of music he could really make, and through trial and error, 
the music for Nier was born. So that's kind of where he really just developed and, and the style that he wanted to utilize going forward. So that's interesting because the tracks that we listen to today up until the first track from Nier 1, so from like Tekken 3 and Tekken Tag and, you know, uh, Tekken 6, I think we even played before Nier and, and Beautiful Katamari, his Okabe style wasn't really formed yet because he didn't know what it was. And he figured that out before before the first Nier and used that going forward. And that's really the turning point when that happened. You could see everything after that sounds very Nier-esque, as he said in that quote yes. before we talked about. Uh, he said he listened to wonderful music from all over the world, interna uh, internalized and absorbed it in his own way and put his emotions into it in his in, in his own way as well with his Japanese background. Uh, he said, to be honest, he has no idea how the fans in the West feel when they listen to his music. But if they like it and find it moving, that makes him really happy. And let me just be the first to say that I, I love it and find it very moving and I want to see more of it going forward. He enjoys it. Yeah. If you ever if you ever find this episode, Mr. Kaichi Okabe and listen to it. Just just know that I am very appreciative of your work. I, you are one of my favorite composers. I, I love absolutely everything that you do and have done through the Nier franchise, Sino Alice, uh, Fate Excella, Dragon Guard and Tekken. Your your work is just superb. And it's been a pleasure exploring this episode. Arigato. Yeah, I, I love diving into these composers and really just and I, and I like doing it in the style where we kind of go through the motions and start with their earliest work and then go through the latest because it really paints us a picture uh, of just how they are as a composer and what makes them tick. So it's always fun to do that, man. So, yeah, this has been fun and it's been a blast. But I think it's time to get on here unless you have any closing comments before we leave. I think we said it all. All right. Well, quick plug before we get out of here tomorrow. Frank and I are putting up a video on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games. Subscribe to it if you haven't yet. Uh, we are going to be playing through tonight, actually, the night we're recording this. We got a review code for it, so we got a little early access to it. But the game actually officially comes out tomorrow, March 7th, and it's called TikTok, A Tale for Two. It's a, a puzzle game, a cooperative puzzle game where two individuals must work together. There's no way to play this game alone. So Frank's going to see things on his screen that I can't, and I'll see things on my screen that I can't. It'll be the video on our YouTube channel will be from my point of view. But you'll hear Frank and you, you know, you'll be able to listen to him talk and explaining things. And I think it'll be fun. We're going to record it tonight and we're going to put it up tomorrow when the game comes out. So check that out. Who knows? We maybe won't be friends by the end of that. If, if it's possible. I might be. This might be a solo <laughs> podcast next week. Who knows? Uh, and then know. and then this weekend sometime, <laughs> either tomorrow or or maybe Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure when. Uh, if you're familiar with our Maximal podcast, we have a friend, uh, Kyle, who is part of Streamworks Alliance, a, a group that we have partnered up and, and sponsored, so to speak. And they are a charity stream. And every year they do a big charity event where they're going to be donating to a, a needy family or a needy individual in terms of, of health care issues. So they're doing this. I believe it's in November. And he streams over at twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce. It's and he is going to be streaming this game with another friend uh, sometime this weekend, whether that's tomorrow, Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure when, but it'll be sometime this weekend. So if you can head on over to his Twitch channel again, that's Bruce deduce. It's easier to find the link on our website, so I don't have to spell it out again. Click there. Follow him. So that way you're notified when he goes live. But yeah, that is going to do it for this episode this week. I want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to share your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. 
We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. Again, as I already mentioned, that's youtube.com slash games and subscribe to us there. And while you're at it, hit up our personal Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links, where you can also find a link to our Discord channel that we are now publicly sharing. We already have several listeners from the BG Mania podcast in there. We've got, uh, you know, we got the Mix Master. We got Alex the Messenger, uh, a couple other individuals that have joined recently that I don't know by name, but that they're using on uh, on, on Discord because not everyone uses names that I recognize, but several that and we, you've got the entire crew for BG Mania here and you got the crew for Max Level and you got the crew for our website. So it's our it's our personal media outlets Discord channel. Uh, feel free to join up at that chat with us, whatever you want to do. It'll be a blast, I'm sure. It's dead in there right now. Keep that in mind. It's a very dead conversation. There's not much going on, but we're trying to liven it up. We're trying to spice and think is spice in a word. No, it's not. Spice is, is the actual verb. Spice things up. We're trying to spice in things up, Frank. We're spicing things up. <laughs> I will bring a sense of decorum and proper English to that chat room. Don't you worry. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at and listening to music that we've classified as title screens. It's going to be a fun episode. Can't wait for that one. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Last Stand from Fate Extella Link. Again, everything you heard today has been composed by our composer that we took a deep dive into today, Mr. Kaichi Okabe. Keep and the music flowing. Well, what? Damn it. What? I was, I was going to try to steal a line from you. Go ahead. Do your thing. <laughs> keep the music playing and keep it loud.